Friends, welcome to What You Need to Hear, the podcast for anyone who wants to create and live a healthier and happier lifestyle. I am Nick Coyle, your holistic health coach, and this week I'm doing something different on the show. This episode is going to be sharing a recording of an interview I did for my friend's business last week. With it being International Women's Day, we were focusing on women in the fitness space and also challenges that women face around fitness, around nutrition, around working out. So there's tons of value in there. You will get to hear me and the amazing Anna Jarvis together doing this episode. Anna is a personal trainer, fit wellness coach and online fitness instructor. So let's jump in. It's a bit longer this week, but I promise there's loads of amazing insights. Uh, thank you very much for coming in and joining us. Uh, we've had International Women's Day this week and we wanted to come in and have a little conversation with you all. Um, my name's Anna and I am a health and wellbeing coach as well as a personal trainer and uh, my clientele is mainly female-based. So I've had a lot of questions coming in around uh, training as a female um, and all sorts of aspects of gym life around exercising as a female as well. Uh, so rather than just me answering your questions, I thought I will pull in the big guns today um, and ask the lovely Nick to come in, um, our fabulous holistic health coach, so that we can discuss some of these points together. It's been a while since we've been together, uh, but I feel like we always get a lot more out of these questions and out of these subjects when we come in and work together. So thanks for joining me, lovely. You are more than welcome. I'm glad to be back with you. And yeah, anything we can do to provide support to help women feel comfortable in this space, that's what we want. Absolutely. So we've had a ton of questions come in, um, which is really, really good. Um, and so one of the first ones that came in was asking, how often should I exercise? That's a good one. Yeah, that comes up quite often. And- oh, look. <laughs> my my response is actually how often do you want to exercise and I think one of the best things to do is say what feels right for you it's going to be based on your lifestyle your work-life balance and another element to think about is your goal or your goals what is it that you're working towards because what you're working towards today might not necessarily be the same in six or nine months when you've got a completely different work-life balance going on or you've booked a holiday or you're just generally exhausted and need some rest time um so making sure that you're maintaining a sense of balance for yourself inside of what you're already dealing with um some people might go that's a bit unhelpful well another way to look at it is an average that I generally tend to say is good is roughly three times a week yeah and getting in there even for just 30 minutes at a time like we have this thing where we feel like we need to be in the gym for like an hour or an hour and a half to get like loads done No, just focus on what it is that you want to achieve. What are the best things for you to be doing? And just get yourself in there and get a nice, efficient workout in that fits in with your day and your week. 100%, 100%. That's all I ever say to people when they say, how often should I train? How often do you want to? How often does it fit? You know, there's a difference between want where it's like well really I don't want to do anything I don't want to just sit on the sofa and do nothing and that like actually time constraints and creating that balance in your life like what are you having to sacrifice in order to get that time but equally what are you getting out of the session how are you feeling um is it you know are you coming out of that after a hectic day at work and feeling fantastic then it's like then then get it in more often and totally it's be more effective with your workouts you don't have to be in there you know, if you've only got 20 minutes, 20 minutes is fine. Then add that in um, and you're better to do that more often and just be more effective with those training sessions. So you think about your life balance and your training balance and where you want that to be. And that will dictate then how hard you have to work in those sessions and, and create that balance. So from goals, lifestyle um, and, and all those other pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And I think a final point on that one for me would be that 
sometimes we get into a routine and we have a set number in our mind and we're trying to work towards achieving that target every week and you will have weeks where things will hit you life motivation responsibilities workload those kind of things are going to impact what you can achieve in any given week and if you have a week where you only get to the gym once instead of beating yourself up and saying oh but i only made it once this week what you should be saying to yourself is do you know what? Rather than not going at all and not attending the gym, I've been there and dedicated one session this week because that is more than a lot of people do on a regular basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I think that like that dynamic changes slightly if if actually the gym is the place that makes you feel better and makes you feel on track. And if work has been swamping and bombarding you, that actually that's the time to start pushing back at work to say, actually, no, I've only been able to go and get that space for me once this week, or I've not been able to make time for it at all. And it's rather than beating yourself up, it's like identifying what the problem is and actually where you can push back on it. Yeah. The next big question that we had was, uh, how do I build more confidence in the gym and most specifically the weights area of the gym? Oh, this is a good one. I, <laughs> I, know. Um, I mean, we could talk for hours on this. <laughs> you know, you know, my previous client based back in my personal training days was with people who had never done anything in the gym before and didn't feel confident in there. So I'm really passionate about yeah like, <laughs> so the first thing I'd say to you is everybody has to start somewhere so yes. focusing on the basics would be the first thing and when I say the basics I mean just give things a try like build a yeah. routine for yourself see what you enjoy in the gym in general try some cardio try some classes Try some machine work before if you don't yeah. feel confident in going straight. That to would be one of my key points as well is, yeah, like start on the machines, like the fixed machines that are pin loaded before you head into that sort of free weights area. Yeah. And don't be afraid of the free weights area. There is a reason there are dumbbells that are 2 kg, 4 kg and work their way up. We automatically look and we feel threatened by, you know, the people who look confident or the people who are lifting mm -hmm. big weights or the people who look like they know what they're doing. Well, the truth is they started somewhere at some point as well. So they understand because you're inside of an environment and a community that are all at different parts of the same journey. So sometimes yeah. I know, well, secret little tip that the guys wouldn't want me to tell you, but I'm going to anyway, it's not just girls that are really apprehensive and nervous about the gym, especially <laughs> starting out. And I can say that because I was one of them who avoided it for so long. Like anything, build your confidence when you're getting in there. And my top tip that I used for myself and I did to try and, you know, give my clients was focus if you're going in by yourself or even if you and a friend are going in and feel nervous, use the quieter times if you can. Like, yeah. Try to avoid the busier times if you're going in on your own and you're feeling apprehensive and find those times when the weights area is quieter. So therefore you can give yeah. things a go, test them out. And don't forget to ask the team. You've got a team of fitness instructors and personal trainers who are not just in there to make money. They're in there because they're passionate about the jobs. Ask them for advice. They'll be more than willing to help you. Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree with that more. I always say like, like 85 to 90% of the people in that area do not know what they're doing. <laughs> All they do is just go in there with a little bit of confidence and you just assume that they know what they're doing, isn't it? Fake it till you make it. Um, and that's it. It's like, you need to step out of being afraid to being a beginner. Like That's the starting point. That's where we all like, like learn and grow. You have to be willing to make mistakes um, and, and sort of build on it from there. So go in there and I couldn't agree more. Like staff, like fitness instructors and PTs are there to help. Um, I, as a PT, would do 
offer a complimentary session to anyone that asked it um regardless of whether they're trying to you know come on a dpt if they're like i'm so lost can you help me with some stuff like i would do it in the blink of an eye for people and if any pt says no then just like leave them to it (laughs) um speak to someone else Because exactly that, we should be coming at it from a point of passion where where we want to help you learn and grow into that space. So even if it's a machine, even if it's anything that you're like, I'm not quite sure, like ask for help. If you can go with a friend, it's brilliant because then you can both sort of pick up on things um, that the other one might forget. And it is safety in numbers in there going in there, isn't it? And um, it's that tough, tough thing that... The more you do it, the easier it will get. And I like to like spread it out into kind of life terms, as I always love to do with all exercise and training, which is there will always be situations in your life where you have to come in as a beginner and you have to come into an environment that is intimidating. And you will do that in your career. You will do that in many, many occasions in your life. And so starting to do it in the gym is almost a stepping stone into that other stuff that will help you flourish and grow, that you're not holding yourself back because you're like, oh, I don't know that I'm confident in that or I don't have that amount of experience when you're going for new jobs and roles and stuff like that. That actually you started the stepping stones in here that you're like, I'm in an environment that intimidates me, but I'm still putting that effort in one step at a time. Even if you go in there and do one exercise and then you come back out and go into your safety zone, that's absolutely fine. And as I say, there is plenty of people on hand to help you. Never, never, never be afraid to ask. Yeah, completely agree. And just don't forget that you never know what's going on. Somebody might have the most calm and collect and confident face on. That does not mean that's how they feel in their mind. So don't worry about judging how others are doing and just focus on what you want to do for yourself and enjoy the beginning stages. Enjoy the fact that you can turn around and go, oops, did that wrong. I'm a beginner. You know, (laughs) use that to your advantage, reframe it. And it's the biggest sense of achievement when you do go in and do it and you were terrified of doing it. And then you come out of it and you're like, yeah, like I did that. I was scared, but I did it. Um, And there's a real sense of pride in that. I know, yeah, we both come from that background where we knew nothing can (laughs) build ourselves up into this, into this stage. So we understand entirely what it feels like and the growth that can, can come from just being brave in those situations absolutely love it um so i guess that kind of leads us on it's a similar sort of topic particularly um for the females which is when we're in those areas how do we deal or handle unwanted attention it happens it it does and actually i think this is a really important and a really serious topic to make sure that's covered because I, I would I would actually say that my sentiment on this is it doesn't matter whether you're in or out of the gym. This same principle applies. Number one, your safety comes first. So that is the first thing that you should ask yourself. Do you feel like that's being infringed upon? So always keep that in your mind. Um, and in terms of how you actually handle it, you can look at it from a simple ABC process, which is something I use to keep it in people's mind. The first one, A, for awareness, raise, if you feel comfortable to, raise awareness with this person that their behavior is not acceptable. And that doesn't mean you have to go pointing the finger and barking down their throat. You can actually handle it in a really calm, collect and confident way, which is you just turn around and ask that person, why do you feel that it is acceptable to speak to me like that or to treat me like that or just point out I'm not really comfortable with you following me around or looking at me in that way. The second aspect to the awareness is you've got a team in the gym. They're paid and have a duty of care to ensure that you are safe and comfortable in the environment that you are training in. So remember to raise their awareness so they are aware what's happening so they can you know, carry out that duty of care to you and handle the situation in a way which feels appropriate. Absolutely. E would be for boundaries. 
And one of the things I always work on and advocate really, really strongly is being aware of your boundaries. And I'm not saying that you have to go around telling everybody what they are, but just being clear on them in your own mind, what you consider to be an acceptable interaction with somebody can be something that you can use to ground yourself in those moments where you receive that unwanted attention, be it a comment, a look, or anything that means you feel uncomfortable. Because what can happen is we can have an emotional response. And at the time, the threat response in our mind starts to happen. Our hearts race faster. We start breathing quicker. We get the tightness in the chest or we're sweating. And that almost becomes the thing that you focus on. Whereas when you have the boundary, you can draw yourself back into that moment, realize what it is that is being infringed on and use that to decide how you react and handle that situation to get the most out of it for yourself or the best for yourself because that's what's most important and finally confidence feel confident enough to do and say or act and when i say act that includes walking away from someone in a way that feels right to you you do not have to tolerate somebody else's behaviors or any of their beliefs or anything that they think that they can infringe on you no absolutely like this is a huge a huge issue and again I think this is one that we could probably go on for hours and hours and hours about (laughs) because it is and it's a, a, a daily conversation that I have with the females that I train with all my girls um and it is it it doesn't just come through the gym it comes through work it comes through you know when you're out walking down the street um from that unwanted attention and and we all sort of feel that we have you know we're in a no-win situation that if you're polite back then your class is being flirty and leading people on and encouraging behavior and then as soon as you call someone out or you just you know even as simple as being polite with it and saying like this is making me uncomfortable um then you're stuck up you think too much of yourself and it's like and and it's like you need to be taken down a peg or two um and it's like we end up in that vicious cycle and I think the gym environment probably highlights all of this because it is you know it can be a very testosterone filled environment um in there and so it's very difficult for women to come in there and I think on on the surface of all of it I couldn't I couldn't agree more it's know your boundaries I'm a person as you know that has a lot a lot of boundaries (laughs) Um, and it's like again we've worked in the same environments where they have been very male heavy Um, and it can be really challenging to work around that and be like no I'm not comfortable with that Um, and no, you can't grab me or touch, like, I'm not comfortable with strangers putting their hands on me and stuff like that. Um, and in those environments, it can be really challenging, you know, to, to do and say. And all I can encourage girls to do is to say no. And again, it's like, you don't have to be aggressive with it, but you are perfectly beyond entitled to say that this is making me uncomfortable. I'd prefer that you don't do it. Um, and and I, unfortunately, I can't promise that that's going to get a great reaction because the chances are that it's it's not necessarily, and it'll be like, a, oh, well, whatever. Um, but stick to your guns. Like, no one has the right to speak to you and make you feel uncomfortable. You have every right to be in that environment, wearing whatever you want doing whatever you want as anybody else does. And yet, if you need to call in female members of staff, I'm there and ready to come in. (laughs) You know what? Yeah, and it's so right. Like, look for if there are other female members of staff. But I think that it's important to remember that you can and there will be male members of team that will be equally, equally like in those to be able to come and support you in stamping this out that it's not acceptable and just knowing as you say that you have the right to say no and somebody turning around saying anything along the lines of as you mentioned there for example oh we'll look at what you're wearing you can wear what you want you're 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 that is your right the same as it is theirs that does not mean that somebody else has got the right to impose themselves their views or their behavior on you without you inviting it in you're sharing a public space 
you do your thing. I want to do mine. And remember, yeah. just as you say, stay strong in your own boundaries. Yeah, totally. Like, don't be afraid to make eye contact with them, acknowledge if people, you know, because half the time it's not always like verbal comments to you interacting. It can be standing and watching and like talking amongst friends and stuff like that. And I would always say, make the eye contact, let them know that you clocked what they're doing um, and, and, and just sort of like hold your ground in, in that. And, um, and yeah, like hold that space. It is yours. And it's yours to own. Like you have every right to be there. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Hundred <laughs> percent. Again, we could talk about that for hours and hours <laughs> on many different fronts. Um, so we're going to take it, yeah, like even more into the female vibe, um, which is talking about training on your periods. Yes, yes, everybody's we probably... train on that period, should we not? Like, if so, what should we do? <laughs> and everybody's probably thinking, why are you asking a male about this right now? Well, <laughs> for those of you that don't know me, I have a very, very large portion of my clientele, which is female, and I have for a long, long time, and I'm very, very comfortable talking about these things, and I think we all should. Um, in terms <laughs> oh, of... The- I think... It's a really important conversation and it shouldn't be a male female thing. No. It should be an everyone conversation because, you know, it's not just training. Like, there's, as you say, like, there's, we've got lots of male PTs, lots of male fitness instructors. They should all have an awareness about this. We, you know, we all have men in our life. Um, and actually, it does us all good to understand what is going on and <laughs> what should we be doing. <laughs> Absolutely. At the end of the day, we are talking about processes in the body. It's not like you picked and choose what it is that you want to have to deal with in life. So in terms of this question, yeah, I love this stuff because it's a really essential part of being able to enjoy and manage your training journey as a female. And um, being aware of what it is that you're dealing with can allow you to build in your, you know, your choices and your practices to best support yourself. And in this case, in terms of the question of, you know, should you train on your period and what should you do if so? Well, the answer is you should if you want to. If you feel comfortable and you feel confident enough to do it, then there isn't you know, as far as I'm aware, any scientific reason why you shouldn't. And actually, I think that research shows the opposite, which is that generally it can be a a beneficial thing to do. Training, or as you know, releases endorphins in the body. It helps to give the release of dopamine. Um, And with those endorphins and that dopamine, those have an effect on the way that you're feeling and improving your mood, which I'm sure that you will want at the time. But also, for example, beta endorphins have been shown to actually give even better pain relief than morphine itself. So in that sense, you've got a number of biological facts that you can use to your advantage to support yourself. As well as that, you are going to be reducing inflammation, you're going to be increasing blood flow around the body, and you are going to just help yourself getting out and doing something which works for you. Now, on the sentiment of what works for you, it would probably be a consideration to avoid high intensity stuff. So not be going and doing the, you know, CrossFit or anything that's high impact. Look at what works for you in terms of weights, cardio, any of those kind of things that you feel comfortable yeah. with. Try them. And if they are not working for you, if you're not comfortable feel free to stop, but it can actually be beneficial and support you in terms of getting through that part of the month. Totally. Like, um, you know, everyone's period affects them completely differently. Um, and whether it's actually, you know, the week off, the week before, you know, there's lots of shifts and changes that happen in your body. And it's what we have always coached, which is, you know, you're trying to listen to your own body and tune into that and it will tell you what it wants and needs. Um, So just like, listen to it. (laughs) Stop trying to drown it out and just hammer it with more hit. Like, just listen to it, see what you need, see what you want. If you feel good to train on your period, train on your period. As you say, there's lots of scientific facts 
that suggests that you know it can be helpful for you but equally if you feel bloated and you feel tired like like don't do it there is plenty of other stuff that you can choose like yoga absolute win um so maybe you just need you need a bit of movement in there but you just want to step it back a little bit and that's it don't you know you might have a week planned of all your fitness stuff but if you if it's not feeling right change it (laughs) yeah absolutely just remember at the end of the day while you not might not feel like an expert in what you should or shouldn't do you are an expert in your own body and that is regardless of what time of the month it is that is what you're still working with so you know what works for you normally you're working with different circumstances at these times and play to those what are your needs as you say if you need rest if you feel uncomfortable and so uncomfortable that you don't feel it's right to train listen yeah. to, listen to your body and give your mind what it needs as well because you're like again your period changes each month like it's not like super consistent of this is what it is this is what it is this is what it is it's like if you've got a month where your stress levels are super high and you've got an awful lot on your plate as well then it just emphasizes different things so you can't expect it to be like a regimes pattern each month of what's happening and this is how I'm going to feel this this week and this is how I'll feel this week and then this is how I'll feel the week after so I can sit that pattern in life's going to get in the way of all of that so tune into how you're feeling and listen to it very much so massively I guess that leads us quite nicely on to the next one which is when it comes to diet and nutrition oh which is the minefield anyway but then how do you cope with the premenstrual cravings <laughs> I know right this this derail <laughs> it can feel like such a challenge it's like what am I going to do how am I handling this I always get to this point in the month I've had this conversation I've worked so hard <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Listen, what I'd say to you is when you're thinking about those cravings, if it's something that you struggle with, then plan for them. And what I mean for plan for them is plan around them at the time of the month when that appears. So if you are already managing your nutrition and you're eating particular what you would class as like a healthy diet or you've constructed for yourself a particular meal plan that you try to follow, but find that when you hit this time of the month that it starts to, you know, you lose track because of the cravings, you end up having what you considered a cheat or you give in to the craving. Then a way to work around it is have a look at how you manage your food. So let's just say that you are a calorie counter and you've got a particular ratio of macros that you follow. Well, increase your allowance around the period where you're likely to have the cravings and manage that by lowering your intake on the other days within the week. So just play around with it the same as you would if, say, for example, if somebody was competing, they might be on a particular low calorie kind of diet or program the entire way through the week and they'd have a cheat at the weekend. Do the same thing here. You know, one one or two days is not going to ruin, you know, a a week or a month or, you know, a lifetime of, you know, consistency with your eating. (laughs) And the other thing that I think from a behavior, like when it comes to nutrition coaching, I'm very much about the, the behavioral aspects of it. And what I believe in terms of actually preempting and actually embracing these cravings and working with them rather than against them is... When you try fighting them and you feel like you failed or lost that battle and you're like, oh, I give in and I had like, you know, a McDonald's on the way home. What, what's likely to happen there is you're going to say, oh, well, do you know what? I've fallen off what I was doing now. And the consequences continue, which is you end up then dropping your guard, dropping your boundaries and you end up putting yourself into a state or you know, a place that is not in line with how well you've been doing for yourself. So just embracing and working with the cravings and allowing yourself that grace on those days of the month where you are stuff struggling with them can mean that actually what you do is you allow yourself to come out of that feeling like, actually, I've made a decision which is in lines with what I want for myself, yeah. my body, I'm giving it what it needs. And from a scientific point of view, the changes in your hormones at that time of the month 
are going to lead to an increase in the impulse for high carb foods and high sugar foods. It is actually a biological effect that's happening Uh in it. And secondly, you may also be craving them for the sense that high carb foods, fats, and sugars will also lead to the release of the serotonin in your body, which is the feel-good chemical, which let's face it, when you are cramping, in pain, uh, you know, you've got all these other things going on in your mind in terms of like the frustration, then you're subconsciously probably going to be wanting that as well. So there's a number of reasons why these cravings are there. And it's important for you to be able to understand that and not necessarily fight it if that's not what you want to do. Totally, that's it. Your um, so estrogen is naturally a bit of an appetite suppressant, and that dips down. Progesterone goes up, and that generally makes you feel more more hungry. So it's yeah, it's all part of the process, isn't it? That's that's in there. Um, and I would say yeah, it's not even that just sort of around the time of your period. This is the same for anyone that's coming in and trying to sort of like um manage their diet around these things it's the same same habits like like look at the week ahead like know what's coming when you you know I mean I I will admit I'm one of these people that's guilty but even though I know it's coming I forget and then I'm like why am I so hungry and then I'm like oh 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 yes that'll be it um whereas if you plan it in you will have foods in that are maybe yeah like a little bit more on plan for you rather than you wait to the point that you're starving and then the cravings are kicked and then you're like down in Sainsbury's and you're like family size bars of chocolate and that's all going in so whereas if you've predicted it you can have stuff in that's going to help you sort of satisfy those cravings without completely sort of trashing whatever you've been doing um and, and where you've managed to get to and I guess the other thing easier said than done and don't get me wrong I know this doesn't always hit that hit the mark but it's trying to get nutrient dense foods in there that will really sort of help you like an apple with peanut butter um you know veggies and hummus like you're getting you're getting that satisfaction in there um but you're also getting all the nutrient value in there to help you kind of go through that through that cycle as well um and like kill some of those cravings and again sometimes although you know we'll always encourage you to pick natural foods and everything else um there are some pretty good like calorie count like treats i know i have like some little chocolate indulgence pots and i know that they're only like 100 calories in each um and some other other sort of like bars that are like 99 calories or whatever else but they're super sweet and yeah nutrient value maybe isn't too much but i know that they're super sweet and actually if i've got those cravings kicking in whether it's from um from period or whether it's just you know because i'm sort of like sitting into a bit more of a diet um that they will just like take the edge off and i'm like okay that's cool so i've got them in the cupboards and they're ready rather than again going down and getting the family size bar of dairy milk and stuff like that so yeah. I think it's the same as all of it isn't it it's planning like know, know that it's coming up rather than fight roll with it <laughs> and one of the things that you can do in that planning process which is really simple is you can just set a reminder into your calendar that goes off on you know an interval basis based on when yeah. you know that you are you know reaching that period within the month or in advance of it so that you can start to get yourself you wow. know, psychologically psyched up for what yeah. is becoming and as you say planning your foods in that remembering one other point that just came to my mind that I deal with quite often when I'm having these conversations with clients is that remember in the week before your period that you can retain up to and potentially more than 10 pounds of water so as well as feeling bloated you can feel like oh I've put on loads of weight what I'm doing isn't worth it remember that when you have that in your mind yeah you can be holding nearly a stone in you know weight just in water which is going to generally move quite quickly off after you've hit that next part of the cycle well keeping that in mind can be another reason to realize actually no I am doing really good work for myself and what I want in terms of managing my behaviors 
you know, managing my discipline levels and working towards my goals. So just keeping that in mind can just help yeah. you in those moments as well. Massively, massively. <laughs> so another thing I always do, I'm like, why has it gone up? Why has the weight gone up? I've been so good. And then I'm like, oh, oh, that was it. <laughs> Every time. Well, I haven't learned that yet. Not quite. <laughs> not yet. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there in the end. Um, I guess that, like, again, holding water, because the main areas that we always tend to hold it can be lower back and on the stomach. Um, so how do we lose stomach fat? <laughs> Ooh, this is the one that everybody wants to know. Um, um, a question. Yes. <laughs> nutrition coach comes out here doesn't he how, how many crunches do i have to do to lose the the belly fat <laughs> this is it this is it like people can think that all the time that to lose the belly fat you have to just focus simply on you know ab or belly exercises <laughs> oh i've got to tell you the truth is you need to break it down and you're you you've already ran past the point of importance which is we need to come back to the most basic principle when it comes to managing your weight, regardless of what your goal is, whether you're trying to lose, maintain or build. And that is the law of thermodynamics, energy in versus energy out. You can do all the sit-ups in the world, but if you were in a calorie surplus and not managing the types of food which you are eating, then those, those crunches are not going to do very much other than you know, take up a lot of your time. Um, so what I would say to you is in terms of shifting stomach fat, it, it, you can't, you can't spot remove within the body. You can't spot reduce anywhere in the body. Um, we've got biological, you know, genetic factors, which are there. Everybody will hold in different places, but one common thing between all humans is that, we will naturally store fat first in and around the abdomen area, and it will generally be the last place to go. So it can feel like it's a never ending battle trying to manage or shift it. Um, yeah. Key points work to have yourself in a calorie deficit. So make sure that the calories that you're consuming are lower than the energy which you are expending. So yeah. that's going to be your key point. Um, another tip is to work on your core engagement and make sure that you are aware of this. So as well as doing those core exercises, those countless sit-ups and everything else that you're doing, make sure that whatever activity you are doing, that you are engaging your core, strengthening those walls, your front wall and side wall muscles, your obliques and your ab, your ab rack, Okay. Um, what you're doing there is you're strengthening that midsection of the body, developing the muscle itself, as well as those exercises you're doing. And that within itself can give you even more enhanced workouts when you're training. Um, and one of the things I always say, which this is a bit of a, you know, interesting one. I always advise people, even if they're not calorie counters, which I don't think you have to be, um, but to take a seven day period every now and again, maybe once or twice a year and actually track your calories or your food intake for seven days just to see how it does sit against what you think it is or what you want it to be. Because yeah. the average person miscalculates their calories by approximately a thousand calories. So sometimes you can feel like you're doing everything in your power to try and lose fat specifically the belly fat in this sense and we yeah. realize this is that actually you might be eating really really well all during the week but the calorie surplus that you're having at the weekends from the alcohol or the food yeah. or the snacks or whatever you're having and the difference in the lifestyle choices can mean that over a seven day period on a rolling basis that you're actually way above your total yeah. calorie intake so while you don't necessarily need to manage calories you do need to know what you kind of roughly need energy in and calorific wise so that you can yeah. manage the other side of that which is how much you're burning off in your energy massively isn't it i see it all the time as a pt and i'll say to people yeah yeah like keep me a food diary and we'll see and i'll be like oh i don't need to i can tell you what i have and i'm like no 
keep a food diary. <laughs> it's very, very different. And there are little spaces there that it starts creeping in that you are subconsciously doing and not even, even aware um, that you're doing um, while you're doing it. So yeah, like a little bit of tracking here or there, if it's okay for your headspace and it's not triggering in any way is, is a good idea. And yeah, you don't have to do it all the time, but every now and again, just have a little look at it um, and a little, a little track on it. And it's the, yeah, exactly, exactly the same. It's like sort of see, you need to be in a calorie deficit, make sure that calorie deficit isn't too high um as well like just keep it keep it small and keep it regular and um and yeah I think you know the, as they say abs are made in the kitchen um so it is what you're eating and what you're doing that's going to create that and um and crunches aren't aren't the answer it's very easy to swing and use momentum in crunches and things like that and exactly as you said not get engagement in the muscles so actually isolation holds and, and, you know, contractions on top of isolation holds can be far more effective in creating the strength in there. And actually, you know, you can potentially get a lot more from, you know, training back and going heavy because those muscles are working together than just sort of feeling like you need to go and do, yeah, like 30 minutes just on abs doing all sorts of variations of crunches. They are not necessarily that effective if you're not getting engagement it's not gonna do anything no and the truth is that we i know i definitely do and i think we both do have and know clients and colleagues who have flat stomachs and have never done ab work in their life they're just really aware of their core engagement when they're training and they're also not saying that they're ott with it but they are cautious of their nutritional intake and planning yeah. And again, one of the principles that I always shout about when I'm working with my clients on the nutrition coaching front is you don't need to track calories 24-7. You can look at portion control. There's some principles in there keeping just basic portion control of proteins, carbs, and fats that can support you in, in achieving your goals, along with that regular training regime that, you know, can get you exactly what you want from flat stomachs to reduced weight to built muscle, whatever it is that you're working on. Yeah, totally, totally. And and don't get too obsessed with flat, flat stomachs and stuff like that. I think as we always say as well, isn't it? It's like you want your core to be keeping you strong, to be helping you so that you're not getting back pain and, and all of that stuff. And actually, if you primarily have that as your focus, it will naturally start to get leaner and tighter and where you want it to be as well. So um, stop thinking about it just from aesthetics and think about it as functionality yeah and to be totally honest as somebody who's been there and had a six-pack before and multiple times <laughs> from either bodybuilding competition or photo shoots or just you know when I was younger and thought that that was important I'll be totally honest with you and tell you I don't think I ever want to work towards having it again and not because I don't want a good physique but because when you consider the trade-offs of what you actually have to sacrifice in your life in order to get it or keep it, for me, it's just not worth it. So okay. just giving that consideration, like not being funny, we live in the UK. Have you looked out the window recently? You're walking around <laughs> with the top on most of the time anyway. So, you know, if having a six pack means sacrificing quality of life in other areas, you've got to take that time to actually consider what's most important to you. Make some peace with it. Make some peace with it. <laughs> 100%. Um, I guess with all of that, it leads us up to the final point, which is um, life's really busy. Um, so I struggle to get my workouts in um, and to fit in any workouts. Have you got any tips? Yeah, and you're probably not going to expect where I'm going to start with this. If your life is really, really busy, hectic, manic, you've got loads on your plate, both mentally, workload-wise, whatever aspect of life is causing it, then stop trying to fit in workouts. Yeah. Sounds counterintuitive, right? It's like, how are you sitting here telling me to cut, cut them out? Well, you're, you're again, it's as I said earlier, you're running further ahead than you need to be. Stop trying to fit workouts into your day and break it right back down to its most basic principle. Just 
focus on the amount of movement and activity that you have in your day and you know you can do like home workouts you maybe just regularly make sure that you add in uh you know getting up if you're working from home I regularly get up and have a walk around the house or when I have my lunch break or my lunch hour I have my lunch and then I take myself out and walk around the block a couple of times or there's a park or there's a you know just a particular route that you can walk there and back in 10-15 minutes and maybe do the evening so when we start to when we when we start to stop when we stop trying to fit in workouts which we generally associate with like 30 45 60 minutes and we're going yeah. oh, to get that in it, it can feel overwhelming when yeah. we break that down and say right okay so I need to look at where I'm getting movement into my day well you know what I could be like my personal favorite with clients is telling them to dance when they're cooking Add yeah. a little bit of extra you know Love it. on the other one go to ever since lockdown right YouTube is full of the world's funniest coolest workouts whether yeah. you want to do a quick workout, whether it's just looking for somebody who does um, online videos on a YouTube channel that are 5, yeah. 10, 30, whatever fits in, or maybe you just want it a bit more fun. Personally, yeah. I love a good old Jane Fonda, you know, 80s aerobics video. And love you might it. laugh. I'm not going to lie. A client had me do one with her back during lockdown, nearly died. <laughs> so there's loads of different options there and I think what's yeah. important is look at what works for you um yeah. break it down to its most basic principle which is that workouts are simply ways of increasing your heart rate moving the muscle using up the calories and the fuel that you've been putting into the body and you can do that without having to go to a gym yeah. you can do that just by yeah, yeah increasing your level of activity in the day and you know what sometimes in the evening you might have had a really hectic day at work the kids have come home your partner's all of a sudden looking find out what's made for dinner it can be quite nice to shove on a pair of headphones and a few tunes or your podcast and say I'm yeah for a walk give yourself some space mentally it's a double win totally I think that's exactly it isn't it it's understanding that your workouts are about your mental space not just your physical space so yeah if it's like working out with your partner that's like okay you've got the kids for an hour now I'll have it for an hour later or tomorrow night you can have your time this is my time like again plan ahead create that um you know we saw it with Joe Wicks over lockdown I know I've done bits and pieces with my nieces and and stuff like that where it's like actually I've done like online dance class or stuff with them you can do that with your own kids and and family so it's like if you haven't got time because you've got the kids to go I'm fairly sure the kids probably need to burn off some energy as well so like maybe you all have a dance party in your living room maybe it's musical statues maybe it's races up and down the garden and you're joining in like that's a win-win-win. Like you're taking all that space. Like, do understand if you need like that personal space away, um, then then that's fine. And it's like again, as I say, schedule it in. Like you know, find find a family member or a partner to look after the kids so that you can get that little bit of space away. Or if they're at school, make sure that you're making that time in the day be stricter with work to be like, all right, I'm working from home. I need that even if it's only 20 minutes, as we say. Um, But stop thinking that a workout has to look like going in and doing a 45-minute class or doing an hour weights workout. Mm. It's about movement. Like, that's what it's about. There are plenty of ways that you can get that in around home so that you are multitasking <laughs> and, um, and and exactly as you say whether it's cooking when you're uh, dancing while you're cooking I used to have my girls doing like squats while they were doing their teeth in the morning and stuff like that like there is little ways that you can you can just make it fun there's plank challenges out there where you can build it up little by little you're doing 30 seconds today 35 seconds next week you know come on like what what's 35 seconds a day yeah and I'm gonna I'm gonna loop it back around to something I said in the very first question which I think is important to remember 
if you do, for example, 10 minutes a day, you include 10 minutes of something in your day, whether that's dancing, following a YouTube workout video, you know, getting out for a walk, maybe walk. just you've got a set of stairs in your apartment block and, you know, you walk up and down that continuously for 10 minutes with some tunes on. If you do that 10 minutes every day, that adds up to 70 minutes. So you've done over an hour in a full week and that's continuous. Well, if you do do that, that is 70 minutes more. That's over an hour more than you would have done if you did nothing. So you are winning at that point. So whenever you hear somebody ask that question, oh, what's the point in doing just 10 minutes? Really, is it doing any benefit? It's not one 10 minutes. If you're doing it continuously, it's a compounding effect. It all adds up bit by bit by bit. Every bit helps. And, and as we say, it's more about your mental health rather than just your physical health. So take that time. Yeah, it doesn't have to be crazy. It can be yoga. It can be a walk. You know, get out, get some headspace and, and that. Just like step away from like the environment that you're in. So whatever, whatever helps that, even if it's just going up to the shops. Like, do it do it um so that's yeah like 100 our top tips is don't make it and think that your workout has to be a huge amount of workout don't think it has to be in the gym or that you have to be running um you know there's loads and loads of different ways that you can get that in and it's just about moving yeah very very true love it well i think that covers all the questions that we've had so far i feel like we've been chatting for ages <laughs> has been but it's been really enjoyable and I hope yeah, I love that, it. you know there's been some nuggets of information that will help and as always if there's anything that's resonated in what we've talked about today or similarly if you have any questions still outstanding or anything that you want to know further on as always feel free to hit us up absolutely get in touch drop us a message we are always happy to help Definitely. Miss Jarve, thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Bye. I enjoyed it too. <laughs> see you soon. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Friends, there you go. Wasn't that such an amazing episode? As we said, we've covered loads. You might still have questions. And if you do... The usual contacts are in the show notes. I will also be putting in how you can get in touch with Anna or feel free to check her out and follow her on social media as well. But for today, for this week and until next week, I am wishing you an amazing one and keep chasing those dreams.